0: The episode 128 of Courts at Indiana podcast. Jim Reamer joined by Nick Baumgart. Nick, you know, we, uh, we've, we've got a little bit of a show plan. We're taping this, record, recording this on Tuesday morning. But then we got word last night, before we get into anything, uh, we got word last night Coach Davidson of Fort Wayne Blackhawk. Christian passed away. Obviously, anybody that follows that story knew this was as inevitable as it could be without any miracle change in treatments or, or medicine. Uh, having gone through that in the past on this, on this side of it, I mean, I know what that anticipation, probably not the best word, but what, you know, the inevitability of that stuff is, but I talked to him a little bit when he first took the Blackhawk job, cause I was coaching one of his players at the time, Joey Moreland, who's been on the pod with us before. He's now also an assistant coach at Fort Wayne Blackhawk, um, really good guy, easy to work with, you know, talked with him off and on during those couple of years when we overlapped both coach and Joey, Um, you know, great guy. And, you know, he, he kind of, I remember when he came in, he had his sons playing. The sons were basically injected into what was already a good team. And I think he was sort of even struggling within his own mind of how to incorporate those kids because he knew those other guys had been together for so long and, and how to make it work. And, and he was able to build something there. He was able to, I mean, Blackhawk had had a couple of good years, a couple of good teams before that class of 2015 came through, but they've been pretty constant since then. And they've been pretty constant with him as the head coach. And he was always good to deal with. Uh, he was, um, you know, I know he, he, he loved working with his players in the past too. He's, he's had a couple of them in the past beyond his staff, including, including Joe and you know just just an all-around great guy obviously he touched a lot of lives down the stretch and you know I I think it's our certainly our best wishes to his family our condolences and you 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 had a lot more contact with him than I did probably the last what two or three years just in general
1: yeah no I and and so you know I met him at a a kind of an interesting uh, situation it was up at Southport right after the silver creek game they lost by a point it might have been in mm-hmm. overtime or something i mean it's most coaches don't react well in those situations right and but i had to i just got the job with rivals and i had to find out what was going on with first mm-hmm. you know i had i had to for my job so so i put my big boy pants on and i mean coach Davidson was a big guy and he kind of looked a little um he looked a little like t- like Mean, I don't and, know. Sort of I don't, word. Um, before
0: before you go on, I don't know that that even some of the people that listen to this podcast on a weekly basis knew that at one point he was a strong he was in strongman competitions. You know, he was he's a big boy, played collegiately at Illinois. He was a man's man. And somewhere along the way he decided he was gonna get a little bit get heavy into weightlifting and, and bodybuilding, but he was going the direction of strongman comp competitions versus say you know just flat flat out bodybuilding but but so yeah when he was in his prime health he was imposing you know especially yeah. you didn't know him and maybe a long day not clean shaven so go you finish I just wanted to interject there well because I don't he, know that too many people knew that outside of maybe the Fort Wayne area
1: sure no it's a good it, it, and it paints the picture you know so I have to go up it and it's in the uh in the it was like a Hospitality right off the gym there, and mm-hmm. and so he was just in there kind of, kind of going through, and I was coach, you know, and you could, it was like the game didn't happen, the loss didn't happen, none of, none of it mattered. He had all the time in the world for me. It's like he knew me, he didn't know me from Adam. And Caleb had no no desire to go to IU, right? So like he could have just said like you know get lost, buddy, like um. That's obviously not who he was and, and there was no fake about him. There was everything you know um, the inevitable, right? That's what, what happened last night. We all knew that, but I just kind of sat there for a little bit. Um, it really hit me, man. It was just it was tough, you know, just to know that his family was going through all that and just to know that he was so strong, like he knew exactly what was coming. But you know there was no, you know if anybody ever thought that, but it was just, Coach Coach Mark, you know he's just he's a rock. He was he was a rock man. He was a really inspiring guy. Like, yeah, that's how you should that's how you should live. And I mean I know he sure wasn't perfect, but he was a pretty good
0: guy, man. What what has been perfect is how Blackhawk has handled this as a as a school, and and it's not that. franchises programs or whatever other instances handle things poorly that's not the comparison the comparison is they just kind of hit all the notes like honoring him in short order as much as they could for, for the successes that he had helped bring to that program and sure and you know just little things that will always tie his family to that program and you know it's it's sometimes we can wait too long to do stuff like that. You know, most times (laughs) honors come to people in passing and it's a little too late for them to enjoy it. Not that that's anybody's intention, but you know, life happens and tomorrow is never promised. And, and, you know, he is, um, he handled it well. He got, he got to do what he wanted to do, which was finished this past season. And that, that was pretty special for him and, and I know it was special for the people around him. And, you know, I remember asking Joey a cup one time, I said, Do you, is there any chance you think he's going to be able to get in, get to next season. And it just was a quick, short, no, it was things were going that bad, badly health wise. And, and, um, you know, I've, I've been in that position where you're sort of hoping beyond hope that something can change or just hang on and, And really that's mostly selfishness on, on our part, you know, my part in that case, my part, um, because at that time you're looking at quality of life and, and it's, it's up to them to decide if how badly they want to fight it and and what, what, how much effort they put into it. And it's, it's, it's a tiring existence for the people who aren't directly suffering. He gave it everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a thousand percent worse for those who were inflicted. So. You
1: know there was a time you just kind of follow his tweets and i can't bring myself to go back and look at any of that stuff but like you could just see where you know it just kind of started the hey man nobody has had has more hope right than yeah than that man and he had he, he had uh but you know just just he had he, he also had a lot of a lot of self-awareness you know he, yeah. he also I think that that was part of him too he knew exactly who he was and uh and that was refreshing because a lot of guys in that situation think that they've suddenly um, put the leather on the
0: basketball, you know, and. And, even it serve. and I've, I've had family members like this, not, not necessarily with cancer, but I've, I've dealt with the cancer side of it with a loved one with, with a, but also just, you know, that the strength to be strong for others is, is a whole nother level because you yeah, can yeah. easily just, wall up and and be comfortable and but but to be strong for he, others is is yeah. a chore in itself and you you know you do it for those around you and that's you know he no one would and <laughs> no one would uh, have blamed him if he wanted to be like you know what screw this I'm gonna become a recluse I'm gonna be I'm gonna be private and you know and and um it's not like Hey, thanks for doing that. But it is just amazing to see Mm -hmm. how much effort one puts into just always being being present as long as possible. Um, In in a way,
1: it's you know, yeah.
0: And it's easy to do. It's easy to conceive when you're when you're a coach because you're always putting yourself, or you should be at least, putting yourself, you know, in the midst of that mentorship and leadership role. You know, and this is how you handle what he was going, you know, by example, he's mm-hmm. he was telling people this is how you handle this mm-hmm. and you, you handle it by um, touching as many lives as you can. So. But um, anyway, any last words before we get to the show? No, I just think in life, you know,
1: it's kind of I don't know what it, Everybody has their, their different uh, feelings on it. But, you know, in life, you, you just kind of want to be, you think, if I can get to this life and, you know, if I if I can have an impact on people, I mean, in his position, I, I just don't know if you can impact as, as many people as he's been able to impact. And so, you know, he's got to be looking down, smiling, saying, wow.
0: Yeah.
1: A lot of people turned out last night, you know, on, on Twitter. And, um,
0: yeah and it's
1: We're all kind of kind of together in that moment kind of kind of getting through it um you know and i'm not gonna try to make it into but it hit me man it was like it was just i don't know just yeah just bummed me out but um but he wouldn't want he wouldn't want anybody to be bummed out and uh you know i just feel for the family so that's kind of where my where i'm at where i'll leave it at no
0: question just, no just question no question all right, let's move on. More normal, normal sure. pursuits here. Uh, recruiting updates. We've got offers. Garway Duall from Carmel picked up an offer from Texas Christian last night, his first high major offer. Uh, Caden Vasco, who went, who's at Don Bosco Prep, picked up an, an offer from Northwood. Jesse Ferris, who I, I coach, picked up from Ben Davis, picked up an offer from Hanover. Uh, Xavier Booker picked up an offer this past week from Kansas. And Johnny Summers from Evansville-Harrison, your neck of the woods, picked up a Division II offer, excuse me, from Davis and Elkins. Uh, commitments, Harold Woods committed Northeastern. I believe they're still in the Colonial Athletic, yeah. which, is a good, which is a good conference. Uh, Brett Harris, also Don Bosco via Marquette Catholic, uh, committed to Grand Valley State Division II school in Michigan. Brandon Northern uh, committed to St. Francis NAI school at Fort w- and Fort Wayne, um, and then Wesley Czoluchowski from Floyd Central committed to Air Force. As we know it, he's going to right now. The plan is he will be part of their prep school team. This year and and not necessarily part of their the, the, the military, the service academies have prep schools uh, leading into their their college. And I just, they, they aren't just for athletes. They're. Um, I don't know. I don't know who would I don't know what the what the criteria is for entering that prep school when you're not an athlete. Well, if you
1: can't get in, if you can't get into the Air Force Academy, right? They'll, yeah. They'll, they'll well, an a, Here's an opportunity yeah, an most, but not all the way there. So here, you come a year, you know, don't cause any problems. Uh, get your grades. Prove to us that you are a cadet. Or I don't and, know.
0: And service so. academies don't give scholarships per se. They, they're they basically appointed. So they're the government simply just pays for everything and, and look, we've, we've talked, we've talked a little bit about service academies here. There's certain walks of life that after college that going into a going go a service academy is a no brainer because it's, it's one of the best things you can have on your resume. And so, you know, that's a, hey
1: Jim, I blew it. Yeah. i just a real third, a 10 second story here. Uh, I blew it. I should've went to the Naval. I mean, I could, I'm would have, yeah. would have been a good decision now. And that was, that was a Wojcik. Uh, well, was but, was the assistant who is now Tom Izzo's right hand man. Um
0: but it's it's also a special person that does that because that's a commitment.
1: It is. It is you know, and, it's, and is is mature enough at that age because it's just a lot to stomach, you know, the the, the idea that, that you are on the go from six until ten and lights out, and that's not how not how i rolled you know and so but anyway moving on it's
0: it's it's definitely its own discipline so this
1: brady was it was out there right at at air force's uh prep Mm -hmm. hybrider to skip it yeah and had an amazing yeah
0: you could go out there and play your way on i mean he was they figured out pretty quickly he was good enough yeah because i think initially the intention was that he might be part of the prep school sure but um at the end of the day, he ended up playing on the varsity squad and ended up, you know, winning a lot of, you know, play, getting a ton of playing time. Yeah. Um, Brady's not on their roster. I don't know how to check their, I did, I don't even know that he, I don't know how to check their, their um, prep school, at least in a short sure. time. We're not going to look for it now. But anyway, anything there stand out? Commitment or recruitment wise?
1: Just that, you know, Caden Vasco and Chris Manis played on the same team. They weren't very good.
0: Well, they the rest of that group's like third priority.
1: I know, but it just seems like that's why know. Vasco
0: leaves. That's why Vasco leaves after.
1: No, you just think of, of Lold as not having as being more of football you know, um, right. I mean, that's kind of very
0: much. Yeah. Very much more football than basketball.
1: So, you know, you just think like, wow, to actually have two division one, I, I guess Vasco could end up in division one. I. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but nevertheless, two, two good talents. And, and I'm not cool. saying about coach or anything like that. It's just, it is what it is. Like, it's just interesting.
0: Well, the, the curious thing, and this is the position Zach and Zach and I, have talked a lot about the prep school situation and, and regardless of the quality of the, the situation, the, the discussion always comes around to me is what does going to a prep school, especially as an undergrad. Now, the post-grad the, the post grad year, like for Harold Woods, that makes complete sense. Oh, he, spent, he spent his year at Bosco, and, and you know, he, but he was getting D1 looks earlier. So, the, so really, even his recruiting didn't jump up a level. Exactly. Now what he, I know where you're
1: going with this. I love it.
0: Yep. Right. Where, where, you, where he could go. I mean, he could have gone to USC or he could have gone. Well, I forget where his offers were without looking it up. I know he had an IUPUI offer. Um, I think he had another offer. But now what, what a guy like Harold, Harold Woods does is take that extra year and then improves his skill set. Because it was clear, I went up to the little battle of the borders deal between the Chicago kids versus the Indiana, the region kids, and he showed me some skill that I saw that I had not seen during the school year. This was, lot. This was two years ago. So, um, right as COVID, right as people were starting to do things outside of COVID, like in August of twenty, and they. It still doesn't seem right, but anyway, he was he showed some things that I hadn't seen from him before, and you thought, okay, if he can continue to improve his shot, which that's what it was, was his shot, then he could play athletically. He's a tremendous athlete. He's got lockdown potential as a defender. There's a lot of good good things there for a Division One team to to lock into. So the the improvement was going to have to be in his offensive game, you know, ball handling, decision making, and his shot. And in an extra year made a lot of sense. Yeah. The undergrads, the Vasco's, the Harrises of the world, not sure yet that it's impacting their recruiting. And other than especially Vasco, who was a Lowell, I guess I could see. Eh, I don't want to disparage any program. I mean, Lowell struggles to be competitive because they don't have that many kids who just focus on basketball. So it's hard to sit here and, and really say, hey, I can understand why you want to leave Lowell. But, but, because that's not fair to their coaching staff. That's not fair. You know, no, they're right. a public school that plays the hand they're dealt. You know?
1: I, I don't. Yeah, know I was a, assistant on a 3-4A uh, school that won four games. I get it, you know?
0: Yeah. Competition, I mean, but Lowell plays good competition. I, know, I don't know. It was I'm not sure there was a reason for Harris to leave Marquette Catholic. They play a good enough schedule they they were going to be a really good team so they were going to have a lot of eyes on them um 100
1: they they were they would have beat they could have beat gary uh 21st i mean like yeah he's he's really good yeah no let's so let's take it a step further right like julian norris it was a bossy right think about so they end up going bossy Coach Burke ends up taking them to the regional final against Sullivan and they lost in overtime. Right. Without Julian Norris. Right. Who had a Moorhead state offer before he left for link Academy. And he struggled to get on the court there. And so he ends up going to Moorhead state and they could have probably got to the state. Um,
0: and I guess I, I get it from maybe the player perspective that, you know, you take a shot and, you know, you, you take a shot, you, you enter into a basketball only environment and not only because they, they do have obviously good course. Actually, as we talked about it before, Bosco is one of the more, one of the more integrated into an actual academic system than some of these other places are for sure. <laughs> we, we looked up what uh, we're Norris, I forget what it was because it's a nursery school. We looked up when Norris left Bossy to go to the prep school. We looked up and it was like I don't know their academic situation seemed like it was made up. It was um, at least Bosco is linked into a legitimate situation academically. So um, I, I just I still struggle with kids leaving high school to go to prep school for athletic reasons. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's. Again, we we always praise Bosco on on what they do with the post grad stuff, and it's their first year as undergrad. I you know, and that's fine. They, I guess the one the one exception would be injury. So Babuziak would be a, would be a deal where. You know he's been injured a lot. And he's missed a lot of time. He's missed a lot of exposure between injuries and COVID. He's missed a ton of exposure. So I guess I can kind of see.
1: Yeah. and Hanover Central is just not a.
0: Right. And and all the good guards they've had lately have all graduated. Uh at, at least the, the ones that were older than him, which you know, that happens. <laughs> Kids that are older than you graduate and leave you behind. But they had a nice group there. He just he just had a hard time staying healthy. And and I guess the other scenario would be if you're not gonna play the position in high school that you're that you'd be recruited to play at college, then that may be. The one reason to consider change, but then that's a whole coaching discussion. And why do you have to have a system that locks that pigeonholes a kid into a spot that doesn't maximize his entire skill set or develop his higher skills? You know, his entire skill set for that matter. But um, you know, I could see a kid going to prep school in that instance. But it's usually those are usually bigger kids at small schools, right? Yeah, usually, are, you know, probably um, more skilled.
1: Here's so here's a couple of situations where I could see where a postgrad would be, you know, helpful. Um, that's what you're talking. You were talking about, right? I mean, I know kind of we started with. Uh, well, I don't yeah, ever. I mean,
0: the idea is, does prep school help change your recruiting? And, and we've always. The, to me, the answer is it doesn't change it that much. Very little. Your, your ceiling is still your ceiling. You might raise your floor a little bit, but your ceiling is still your ceiling. So the question is, is if, if going to a prep school doesn't change the dynamic of the what kind of player you are, then it might just be best to stay at home and do your work there. Now, these kids all have the advantage of staying at home because it's in their backyard. But um, you know, this maybe, just to maybe get one school, that just happens to be the same school that we're talking about that's in the state that we cover but go ahead with your point
1: no maybe maybe exposure wise you know if you're playing on um you know you're going a lot of trips over to like the east coast playing up in the northeast you know playing down in florida i don't know maybe you do something like you shoot the ball really well or you have some kind of um you know niche you know somebody sees you and just the numbers the more people see you somebody's gonna you know who's building a team will say hey i need that guy or whatever maybe but you know, if I look at Leland Walker, um, you know, a lot of a lot of high majors were were are kicking the tires on Leland, and I mean, you know, at some points he would just say, you know, you know, no, I'm not interested. The school's just not going to work, you know, because um, he's there to hoop. He wants to hoop.
0: Well he was he had to, and, he had to stack some classes that you just Right and get to get can, eligible. So that's do. that's
1: kind of but but still he still went to, to prep school and he ends up at Eastern Kentucky, which is a great program and everything, but like again didn't you know JJ Loudon, same thing. Weber State, That's about where he was projected when he was here. Um mm. uh you know, Bone Traeger. Uh, you know, he's still um it didn't. It didn't catapult him over the top, you know, kind of thing. When when he w- it went to um, no,
0: no, it didn't um, impact it at all. He went to elevate.
1: So no, I was struggling. stay stay in high school. Stay in high school. If you want to go to post grad, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I, I, like if you're behind in your development, right? So like in my case, so when I was a freshman in high school, I shot the ball from my shoulder, mm-hmm. and Mark Eisel. Uh, former Evansville guard, Terre Haute North, Indian All-Star too. Um, but he was coaching my AAU team. He's like, man, you'll never, you'll never play in, Like you'll never even get college looks with that shot. And so I'm, well, what's your idea? You know, so you have to b- completely break it down. So I was way behind in my whole, you know, so it would have been a good situation. I lost thousands and thousands of, of jumpers, right? Just, so there's, there's situations like that. I mean, Imagine if you'd had the gun back then. And that's so the other thing is it's kind of interesting. Um, kids had pretty good motors back then. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say they're better than now. It felt kind of like, but every kid chased their ball down. I mean, like you. That's true.
0: That's the one. Look, I poo-poo people who say kids, they don't work as hard as kids used to. Um, there are fewer kids that just play you know, like side play, like play on their own than used to, because the game is the the participation side of it is more competitive as they get older. Like we constantly played. I got cut Carmel. I wasn't good enough. I was, I was a baseball player. I, but we constantly played basketball constantly Mm -hmm. and we participated in Carmel's open gyms. Those were back in the days before open gyms were as, were as regiment and structured as they are now kids from other schools came over. It just was a different world in terms of not only, how this stuff took place, but also IHSA rules back in the eighties, early nineties, open gyms were Carmel on Monday and Wednesday and Ben Davis outdoor courts on Tuesday and Thursday. (laughs) And I might have those pairings flip flop, but, but you either went to Carmel or you went to Ben Davis Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of guys did both. And the cool thing about BD was they had outdoor courts that played over there several times. Um, we won our fair share of a group of group of other sport players from Carmel that could also play a little bit, just not in some cases, just three sport guys. I was not definitely not a three sport guy. In some cases, three sport guys who gave up basketball because it was the middle. It was the one in the middle. So they, they would play football and then play baseball. Um, kids today don't play as much as they used to, but the kids who are committed to the game work. I would say harder than what they used to. Um, And anybody that wants to argue that can, can, but I would tell you, there's two whole industries that have since spawned uh, in in the last 15 years because of how hard and how willing kids are to work hard. And that is skill development coaches, trainers, as we would call them, and, you know, physical and and speed and agility um, development. And, you know, these, these, those, these, these gyms that, you know, have become very popular. I mean, now football has has a lot to do with the, the speed and agility stuff, but the basketball certainly certainly has its fair share of participants. And these kids are constantly working. Um, all my guys, all the guys that I coach have a guy that works them out and, and half of them have their own speed and, you know, sp- physical development guy too. Tell them just start
1: working on playing off two feet. Jesus. I wonder if they work on that. No,
0: I'm kidding. I mean, they do, but I mean, look, there's times that doesn't make sense. You know, if you're not strong up, enough right? to go up through traffic, you you better get into your shot quickly and you better figure out a way to, to get through traffic. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons in it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe there's one way to do it. Right. Um, I because Sometimes playing off two feet mean you got means you got to slow down, and you slow down that half step gives gives the bigger opponent, the stronger opponent, especially down around the basket, an opportunity to to catch up. Well, it's uh, about
1: you know it's about being um, hard to, to, to guess, right? Being unpredictable. But what, I, sure. what I'm, where I'm getting at with that is why I think it's so important is what I see a lot. <laughs> Hang on. Hey, 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 come here. You can't bark. And he can't bark. He's barking. She, she, don't, don't offend her. Um, but um, hang on a second.
0: All right. I, you know, I would say that, look, I have a lot of discussions with, with some people about one foot versus one foot versus two feet. And each of it comes and goes. And the bottom line is you better be able to do both and you, you better be able to. Um, I don't know though that I want guys pa- trying to power through bigger opponents. At, at that point, I want them kicking it out. And and uh, and if we're talking about scoring in transition, a- again, you go off two feet. That's extra time you're you're giving the defender to make well, up.
1: you. Sorry. Okay. So I had to get rid of. It. I had to. to yeah, you're watch. fine. I,
0: I What <laughs> I was talking while you were walking.
1: No, and I was listening, but no. to to finish my point, I wasn't just throwing that out there. It's not something I just read online, and so I'm just trying to sound smart. My point in doing that and in thinking it's an important skill is that I see kids a lot of times who can score in in high school, or maybe they can score in 1A or, or 2A basketball off one foot. They just barely get it off. And they don't. That's not projectable. You know, you, they're not going to be able to go to the Crossroads League and be able to get that off. They're only six foot or whatever. I just, I, I, I like being crafty. I mean, I've always, I've always thought being a, you know, able to score around the basket in um, a lot of ways. Um, anyway, I, I just no. You don't always if the situation dictates that you go off one, boom. Just, but if there's somebody like second line waiting for you you're not going to be able just to
0: but you're but uh, I would say at that point you you got to kick it out unless unless especially if you don't have the strength advantage like take no, my man. team for example I I would I would want Jesse and Jake to be able to go off 2 feet I would want I want Preston Preston to always go usually just goes off 2 feet you know um, <laughs> but other kids I want them to be able to go off 1 foot because that, they're not going to be able to get it up over the bigger players or or I would want them to think about kicking it out and and, then having a plan of what happens if this help defenders here, if the help defender comes from here, where's your next read goal? We always talk about having a plan before you get into the paint. And and the, the key there is before you get into the paint, you know, don't get into the paint to make decisions. You get into the paint to make shots or to execute your decision. And sometimes the decision is to score, but other times the decision is to kick it out. I would rather not, I mean, we just, we just played Austin Parks. We just beat, we just beat that um, Ohio Buckets team. There was no, no reason for us to try to shoot over him when, when he wasn't undisciplined. He wasn't going to go for fakes. Not even sure he was going to go for block shots. His job was just to alter shots. And with the way verticality is being coached today defensively, you see a lot of kids who throw stuff. I almost said a bad word. You see yeah. a lot of kids that throw stuff up off the glass that don't really have a wing and a prayer because they stopped. They didn't, they didn't continue their momentum and they, they weren't able to score off one foot because maybe it wasn't there or they're, they're not capable of scoring off one foot or they, they didn't, they didn't figure out what the decision was to find the next guy. And that's, that's the part I'm trying to to instill in our guys because, well, I just also happen to have a couple of big kids who are really damn good passers, but, but so playing through them in those instances doesn't cause me a, an ounce of hesitation, but but I would say that there's absolutely a, a place for two foot finishes for certain players, and I would say that other players uh, better figure out a way to be crafty and be um, not cute, but ex- but experienced at scoring off one foot, whether it be a scoop or a floater or or a euro um, or an overstep. Those are those are very very effective ways. I guess the overstep would end up being more of a two foot finish, but but it's but it's still a one foot in the direction for diversionary purposes back into a back into a leaning jump shot. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a big advocate of, of being good at one versus the other. I'm an advocate of being good at both. But but uh, you
1: every you should be able to do everything. You know, I mean, some kids. True. Some kids are going to be able – because you want to be hard to guard, right? You don't – Yeah. I don't want to be able to write on a scouting report, hey, when he gets in the paint, he's he's going off one foot. So when he gets in the paint, be ready to, to jump with him. You know, he, hey. Um.
0: But I, I – someone like me it's not very athletic. Let's take any player that's in the bottom the bottom half of the athletic range. Okay. I, I would never be able to score off two feet. Not at a competitive yes, level. Yes, yes, I could. Oh,
1: well, I – we need to do a little segment on that. I could teach you how to do it. Well, I, I, you
0: know, I got the footwork. I mean, I, I understand how to do it. I teach it. Well, but what I'm saying is, is that you could do it. It's, But but that's who am I doing it against? Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you know, Isaac Higgs is really good at putting, scoring over bigger players. Um, but, it, but at that, a lot of times, it, it's still he has to go get it and go back up. You know, and really, it's it's as much a kudo to him because he he does it, he never quits working. But but you know, we have situations we have situations where sometimes we drive baseline a little too much or a little too early, and we're we're forced to go over bigger guys or forced to make plays around bigger guys. And as we've cured that, we've gotten better. But but the ability to go off two feet. I think is, is a per player basis. I mean, and and it also depends on who's meeting you at the rim. I mean, Nick, I would put you in advantage over anybody who naturally guards you and and maybe on your schedule at Evansville North, when you came through, there weren't a whole lot of bigs that could alter you because you were a pretty strong kid that could keep you from getting up a good shot. But at the, the college level, that's a different story altogether. I don't know how much of that translates, you know, and, and,
1: well, the other thing is you're not just scoring, right? So you're you're also Absolutely. playmaking, so it Correct. gives your teammates a chance to kind of. But you know, anyway, that's well, that's that's a huge part of it. So big nerdy. That was a nerdy conversation we just had there.
0: That's right. All right, let's get to our uh, intended topic of the day. How about that? All right, sectional realignment, Nick. How deep did you look into this? I went down each sectional. I, I, I
1: didn't John Harrell. Is that what you did?
0: No, I used the ITSA stuff.
1: Okay, so see, Look, I was I looking at the sectional
0: assignments for last the last three years, well, two really, but the COVID added the third year, and then looking at the sectional assignments for the for the upcoming season, did any any any? Is this going to be just me talking or what? Is anything stand out? Well, I mean, we've already talked about like North Davies and. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I thought I thought it was going to be a situation where you could just kind of. uh, I don't know, bring it up. And then we talk about it. I didn't know. Okay, I,
0: that's fine. We'll do that. So I can so look, I mean, the one, a level, let's start there. The one, a level to me, the, the biggest changes are sectional 63. Obviously the, the loss of North Davies, uh, they, they moved Springs Valley into that sectional. Well, let me get the sectionals out. I should probably have done that. I'm on the, I that's never got
1: a, I never got a link or anything. I was looking. I thought maybe I would get a link from you.
0: Oh, you want the you want the link? All right, hold on. Yeah, the link never happened. Here we go. Got a little eagle there. Edit edit that out as well. No, that's all right. We can keep yeah. the eagle. Mm-mm. We can keep the bird. There's the link. Sectional sixty-three, obviously, is Bar Reeve Lagodi. Orleans, add Springs Valley in there. I don't know what Springs Valley has back. They were very good this past year. Uh, Orleans was a lot of sophomores. They're going to be very good this year. Bar-Reeve, uh, they lose they lose Graver. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. Lagodi will have Bledsoe back. Bar-Reeve may be the fourth best team in that sectional mm-hmm. um, and still be good.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I mean, Vincent's Reveille, Washington Catholic have just been not competitive lately, and my favorite school nickname on the face of the earth is the Shoal Jug Rocks, but the Shoals Jug Rods. But um, Edinburgh, this is a big change here. Edinburgh jumps from jumps up to sectional sixty from sectional sixty-one. And what that does is is it puts them in a different regional than what they were in last year. So the Edinburgh North Davies regional matchup would not have happened this year, even if North Davies had stayed one A. Edinburgh's got a lot of guys back. They they should be one of the better one A teams in the state. They yeah. are now in the what is what I would say is the Indianapolis regional with Sectional fifty nine, which would be Lutheran, Tinley, Greenwood, Greenwood Christian Academy, uh, Bethesda Christian. Indianapolis met their sectional 58, and then 57 is still that southwestern part of the state with Bloomfield, who still should be pretty good next year. Um, it'd be interesting to see what Duggar Union comes up with. It's, that's kind of a charter school, isn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, it's not. Uh, well, last that's not the one, old. Yeah, that's a, not the
0: old Duggar that we we grew up knowing. No, about, not, right? not the not the Brody Boyd, Jared
1: Chambers Duggar.
0: No, yeah. God mm-hmm. loved coaching at Eminence with seven freshmen against that crew. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the biggest change up North is, is sectional 54. Well, obviously the biggest change up North is the removal of Gary 21st century. The addition of Marquette Catholic Marquette Catholic slides down from two a 21st century goes up to two a other than that, it's sectional 54 Covington and LCC both leave for two a both leave for the class for two a class and Rossville. Um moves down from 2A to 1A again. They've they they've been going back and forth the entire class basketball era. And Fountain Central has dropped down to 2A. And they've got they've got a good group of guys coming back. I don't know how good they were this past year. They didn't make a lot of noise, but they do have some guys coming back. Um well my, so poor, my poor eminence eels get stuck get moved once again they get moved Seems like every time this thing shuffles they get moved they the eels are now with Greenwood Christian Academy Annapolis Lutheran Tenley blah 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 poor eels they just get tossed around like an old like an old blanket what stands out the most there do do what
1: nothing Um, so to me you know, being down south, sectional thirty one's probably seen about the most.
0: Stick with one A right now.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know you were going through some kind of. Um,
0: yeah, I, I went through all each one and marked changes, and every every sectional at the one A level had a change except for fifty three. Mm-hmm. Every one that that to me is the the bad thing about class basketball is. You don't really get a chance to develop. You 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 run too big of a chance to develop rivalries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sure, when your natural rivals five miles away, like Barre and Lagoti they're probably always going to be in the same section unless one of them moves up a class. North Davy was close, Six point 7. seven miles. North, yeah, North Davies, not much not much further away from those <laughs> than those two schools. And again, they they get moved up to two A. So now we lose this outstanding trio of. This, this love triangle so to speak Ooh. yeah all right we lose this we lose this triangle of, of this triangle rivalry that mm-hmm. that has made that sectional the quote the sectional 10 of 1a Ooh. right put that in quotes put that in air quotes
1: that right
0: now so those those are the biggest ones
1: um you know uh so, Evansville Christian will be eligible. yeah, they'll
0: yeah they'll be the the new that's the change in sectional sixty four. You add Evansville Christian, then they lose Springs Valley. Who bumped over to sixty three?
1: Uh, I think that's got to probably be your favorite
0: in sixty four. Yeah, yeah, I would say so.
1: You know, they beat they beat um yeah they beat them um, day school who would be you know my other. F- Presumptive favor, they beat them last year pretty good. You guys, Josiah Dunham back.
0: I would, I would never. Go, I would. I don't know what Tecumseh has back, but they always seem to kind Duh. of sneak through there.
1: We talk for him, but you know. Um, so yeah. Is that in- you know just being a Southern Indiana guy. Evansville Christian is interesting because Dunham's really good.
0: Yeah, you know, will they will they get anybody move in there? Good. now that they're now they're eligible for the tournament? Good. I mean, um I don't
1: know, I don't know how
0: that's gonna I I mean, how I look that at, up north. I look at Marquette Catholic as being an early favorite to come out of there out of the regional, right? Right. I mean 21st century's gone. Um, I you know I guess we don't know. Like, does the Hammond Academy of Science, do they pull kids in? Argos should be certainly competitive. That'll be the same sectional as Marquette Catholic. Triton, as always, seems to be pretty solid. Uh, You know, they – but I don't see anybody else up in that regional that, at least on paper, would be better than Marquette Catholic. They're not as – they're not as overwhelming as a favorite as what we thought twenty first century was. Uh, yeah, so
1: give me give me Edinburgh and uh, Evansville Christian. You know, Lagoudi's going to be that'll be a good one right there. I think Lagoudi. I'd take Lagoudi out of that sectional. Um, Evansville Christian, Edinburgh, out of the South. You know that, that's kind of to me kind of jumps out. Um, Bloomfield will be okay.
0: I mean three uh, of the um, top three of the top four in one A.
1: Yeah.
0: So three of the top four in one A are in two A now.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: That's the other thing I hate about class basketball is how watered down this stuff gets sometimes. I mean no, just,
1: they just need to go to two classes. They need to go to a big class and a small class. So if you're a small school, you can play in either tournament. Yep. Well, the only the only tournament anybody cares about. Um, I could
0: see I could see 3
1: You you like that class don't you
0: I well no I'm just giving our time I could see 3 with with 3A being 96 teams 2A being 96 teams and then 1A being the rest okay and going back to where 1A would have two two game regionals two game semi states and 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 then maybe even and then, and then a final. Um, I, I just, I think three would be a, a good way. Four is just too watered down. And people now complaining about private schools again, wanting I'll to have, have an extra class. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. All right, two A. Every sectional. Nope, that's not true. Yeah, every sectional two A had a change. Every single one, mm-hmm. whether in terms of teams, or in terms of realignment. And the the wild one is, let's start here, where sectional 43 now is effectively sectional 42. So that's Cascade, Covenant, Christian, Park Tudor, University, and then now Sheridan is part of that mix. Well, no, I'm sorry. I screwed that up. Yeah, no. Yeah, sectional 43 used to be sectional 42. Sectional 43 is now sectional 44. That's Cloverdale, Greencastle, North Putt, Park Heritage, that group of teams over there. And then sectional 45 is now sectional 44. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sectional 45 used to be sectional 44. That's Hauser, Milan, North Decatur, South Ripley, Switzerland County. And really all that does is change around the regional, whereas now you're going to have Cascade, and all those teams, Park Tudor, University, they're gonna be in the same regional with, with Cloverdale, Green Castle, Park Heritage, Eastern Hancock out of sectional forty two, and then Hagerstown, Knightstown, Shenandoah. It just to look at that is um, why'd they do it? Why? Well, I think they so Brownstown obviously and Sullivan moved to two A. So they added two teams down south. Westdell. No, West Dell's up two A. So so we added a team in West. We added a two A team in Westdell from one A, added two teams down south from three A. And I think it caused just caused this, this shift shift. Brownstown Sullivan. Created this shift where basically nobody in sectional 45 was in sectional 45 last year. Sectional 45 is like a whole new. I'm screwing this up. Sectional four I'm looking at the wrong column. Nobody like sectional 46 is now effectively section what sectional 45 last year was, with the addition of Brownstown and and Pekin. Pekin got completely crapped on on this. Yeah, host. They got completely crapped on. And that's that's Jake Cherry's team, kid I coach, full disclosure, et or so forth. You know, they went from being upset in the sectional by Paoli to being, you know, look, we they probably felt like they had a good chance of winning it next year, and then they get put in the same sectional with Brownstown, Southwestern, and now Providence. All those teams are in the same sectional. That is going to be. Uh, that's definitely going to be the toughest section down south. No, mm-hmm. no question about that. You know, and, and, you know, even though Providence is your defending champ, they, they return their best player. They had a deep team, but they still have three of their top five or six guys graduating. They're going to have to regroup a little bit, but Brownstown would go in there kind of as the early favorite, not a heavy favorite, but the early favorite. But they they really jumbled up the sectionals from 41. Basically, everything down south is just a is a mess until you get to 47. There's a lot of jumping around. The ones I've been confusing, saying this is sectional 43, it was last year's 42. There's just so many changes that it just, that was the only note I took was just, it was last year's 42, essentially. Um, and, it, and at some level, it does change the regional, um, because I'm trying to think. So uh, let's okay. So may I change You know, I think it's all a lot of
1: uh, a lot of noise, and I don't know how much it really changes anything. Like you know, you're always going to have those those games in the sectional that are you know. I mean, I just. Um. Why not just seed the regional? You know, like why not just go straight to the regional? Seed the teams into sectionals if if they're going to change all the time. I mean, I don't know. Well,
0: yeah, I, mean, I guess the big change is is that last year's I sectional 44: was- Milan, North Decatur, South Decatur, South Ripley, and Triton Central are now in the bottom regional. They're, they're, in the, they're in the regional with – they're in the southern – they're in the, the, the far south regional, those, those, those schools. And the group that got bumped up is – the group that got bumped up was Cloverdale. I don't know. It's so confusing. The group that got bumped up. Basically, the south just added teams. Yeah, and, yeah Sul- Sullivan
1: uh, went from 3A to 2A.
0: Yeah, basically the South just added teams. They reshifted. That's what they did. They reshifted. 42 and 43 only have five teams in it. So 42 and 43 went went from seven teams in the sectional to five teams. Sectional 41 went from eight teams to five teams. So you've got a loss of teams in that, what you would call, whatever regional that is that would have been the Greenfield regional last year. Um, you've got a loss of teams that are in that third level of regional sectionals, 41 through 44, and that a lot of them are down South. Yeah. Sectional 40 is still sectional 40. So that's, that's the last sectional of, of Northern of North for the North.
1: Yeah, you know, Miner Central, a, Wapahani. Yeah, a lot of that would movement. be my two stand or my
0: two for yeah, a lot of movement in um, in two A down south. A ton of mm-hmm. movement. Now the north, they had 21st century, they had Covington, they had LCC. Those those are one A schools that moved up. Marquette Catholic moves down. We talked about them. Rossville's been pretty solid lately. There, they moved down to 1A. Um sectional third oh the one the one change they did make was sectional 37 last year delphi lewis Cass, north newton they now go up to the far north regional they are now sectional 36 so they will be the far north regional whereas then the the teams that were in i'm not sure why they did this adam central blackhawk christian bluffton Canterbury, Manchester, South Adams, all those teams are now in that second regional. So now you're going to have Blackhawk Christian in the same regional as Carroll, in the same regional as Tipton, and in the same regional as probably Wapahani or, you know, Lapel should be pretty good next year.
1: I doubt they thought too, too much about it.
0: Yeah, but they they just... The correction they made... In in three A, which we're about to get to, the correction they made in three A with, we you know Northwood, is now they screwed it up in two A, by flip flopping those two, flip flopping those two. No, they sent um, Northwood. Well, yeah, this, um, we'll we'll get there. Give us give us yeah. a minute. We'll get there. Sorry about that, but so Blackhawk will now be in the same regional. I know I'm repeating myself with Carroll slash Clinton Prairie because Prairie returns. Basically everybody. Yeah. And they're the same regional as tipped in same regional as as Wapahani. So that would be your if we were picking today, that would probably be your regional, right?
1: And that's look at that. Yeah. That would Meanwhile, be. Meanwhile, Lewis
0: um, Cass who doesn't have any really standout teams. I'm sorry, the right. sectional 37 doesn't have any really standout teams right now. No. Um would be in would be in what, huh? Blackhawks
1: in 37,
0: right? Well, no, well, they're they moved it, but the, now they're sectional 36. Sectional 36 and 37 just flip-flopped. Okay, I guess I'm... So now it would be 21st century Ileana Christian out of out of 33. 34 would be what? North Judson, St. Pierre, if we were looking at early favorites. 35 would be uh, Cluster because Central Noble loses It's kind of everybody, right? Um, Westview will probably be good next year. And then the winner of sectional 36 would be the Lewis Cass, Rochester, Wabash. Wabash, maybe, you know what? There we go. Wabash going to be good. Wabash is the big winner. <laughs> Wabash is going to be good. I didn't, I didn't put Litton that down in, it, in my notes. Wabash is the big anyway, winner.
1: They're going to really be helped by that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There we go. So the big winner in 2A is Wabash. It took us 15 minutes to come to that conclusion.
1: It took you. I'm, I'm, I'm who was the big
0: winner in one A? Big winner in one A was Edinburgh and Marquette Catholic.
1: Uh, like yeah, I mean Evansville Christian, just because of the fact they actually are in the tournament this year. And well, yeah, they get
0: to play. True.
1: They they get to they miss the whole Barreve era. I mean, it true. was kind of closing of. I mean, honestly, because they've been good every single year. Like, really, like
0: they just can't help it. They're going to have to step back well the key to bar reef success has just been how much size they've been able to produce or have have go there obviously they didn't produce hope but but they've had a lot of size go through there so all right 3a yeah. big movers up well sectional 17 is went from a 16 sectional to an 18 sectional i mean it's it's basically just thrown together it's a completely new sectional. It's Lake Station, Edison, River Forest, Hammond Knoll, Hanover Central, Boone Grove. All those teams now are in, in the sectional um, with now Griffith and Highland, you know, being far up north. Um, there's, there's not a ton. There's not a ton of um, movement at the 3a level not not nearly as much heritage christian moves up from 2a they're in section 27 now with rebuff garen catholic Chatard and then concordia heritage. moves up huh didn't concordia move up to 4a and were they 3a last year they were now they're in 4a um I mean, obviously Heritage Hills moves to sectional 31 to join North Davies, who jumped a class to play 3A. I wonder if they knew if Heritage Hills would be there, they would have decided to jump a class. I wonder if they had that pulse.
1: Um yeah, because I think that they think they're they're probably still better than Heritage Hills next year.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: That's... Heritage Hills is probably a year away. They've got, you know, they played a lot of freshmen and sophomores last year.
0: Yeah, but they've got they'll have Sicily.
1: Well, I get it. I, I get it, but
0: and those those sophomore guards aren't bad. No, they're good.
1: But I'm still saying. I'm just saying that. You no, know, I think they still would have done that. Um. Yeah, I mean, they knew they knew Heritage shows would be there anyway. I mean, they made that decision so that they could go further in the tournament, right? Well, like theoretically, that yeah. ain't happening, but. You know, but hear me out. But, you know, so, if you know, paper. you know, Heritage Hills is going to be there. So it's like, well, if, but Heritage Hills wasn't like in there. Be?
0: Heritage Hills wasn't in sectional 31 last year. And I don't think they knew Heritage Hills was going to be in sectional 31.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Linton's not in their sectional either. If They stayed in 2A and, or in 1A or if yeah, they, they were weren't. in 2A.
0: No, Linton's still Linton's still in sectional 47. They would have been in sectional 47 had they stayed. At 2A. Or worse, ah. they or worse, they would have yeah, they would have been in sectional 47. Why wouldn't they be in sectional 47? They'd have been in with Sullivan, Linton, Eastern Green, You're Paoli. Right, right? I mean, they're they're right in that mix. They would have been in sectional 47. They avoided Linton. They went sectional hopping. They went sectional shopping, hopping, shopping. They went sectional shopping on us ended up Heritage Hills. Now, they may feel like they're better than them, but that's still – that sectional next year was going to be weak. That's well, still like Heritage one. Hills 31. I mean, Princeton probably be better than what they it would Pike Central.
1: Year. Pike Central would have been um, – Pike Central is the biggest loser there, really. Yeah. Princeton, I mean, Princeton would be will better. be better.
0: Vincennes will not be good. Washington will not be great. Southridge will be just – when you know more than I do, but uh, on them, they don't, know they, anything. Don't, they don't have any. Yeah. So if you don't know anything about them, they're probably not right. going to be very good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so their third coach in three years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. Yeah, Mark. So, yes yeah, it's just tough. Definitely Pike Central. I mean, they've, <laughs> they've struggled since. I, mean, I could not going to look back, and there's probably a season where they, they you know, but but Adam Seitz-ish kind of stuff in the 90s kind of thing, and here's their yeah,
0: – Yeah, I remember that. They've got a
1: good the group, group with Quaddy Morton and uh, poor Coach Elliott. He's got we're – not, we're not taking anybody. Stay out. Heritage Hills and North Davies jump in. It's going to be a lot for them. And Princeton. I mean, Princeton was kind of your, your sleeper. Like, they had a chance, maybe. So, like, Coach, Coach Brown thought he had a chance, maybe.
0: Eesh. So, what we talked about in 2A is the same thing that just happened in 3A, except in reverse. So, Lakeland, Northwood, Tippecanoe Valley, or the, the, the Northwood sectional, basically, is now in the far north regional. So, they no longer have to go to Newcastle to play in their regional. Mm-hmm. Moving down to the second – regional so to speak geographically benton central mcconaqua northwestern peru i know there's been a change there so i'm not going to get too far down but sectional 22 now is sectional 21 they're, they're just they reshaped it all it's it's crazy how they did this um so basically the newcastle regional will be, no, Concordia is still 3A, by the way. Um, The Newcastle Regional will be Leo still. The winner of Benton Central, Frankfurt, North Montgomery, Rensselaer, Twin Lakes, West Lafayette, and Western. There's a hodgepodge of average right there. Mm -hmm. Um, The the big winner here, well, no, because, I mean, I was just saying McConaughey. Actually change sectionals, but now they're in with an Oak Hill team that returns everybody, a Peru team that returns a lot, a Norwell mm-hmm. team that returns everybody. In that Oak Hill-Norwell game, there's only two seniors, I think, on the entire either team's rotations.
1: <laughs>
0: so McConaughey kind of they, they, – they sort of get bumped over. They got a lot of guys coming back. And then Centerville and Frankton move up from 2A – Centerville completely gets dumped on just because right now they're not going to be very good. Frankton will certainly be as competitive as they always are, but they're in a they're in a bad mix with with a Delta team that always seems to have talent now, especially since Detweiler's there. Jay County, Baumholt is coaching there, so they're going to always kind of be at least good. And Newcastle returns everybody. Yorktown returns most everybody, at least their key contributors. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a good regional. Yeah. That's going to be a good regional next year. And, and again, they reshaped it. They reshaped the regional. So sectional 21, which was the Northwood sectional, bumps up to 20. So now they changed regionals. Last year's sectional 22 is now – last year's sectional 22, which was – last year's sectional 22 was Angola, Dwinger, Lures, Concordia, Saturn, Leo – is now 21 and then sectional 20 that was the benton central northwestern peru they're now sectional 22 so they change regionals they basically swap with northwood uh their their regional location
1: and this is tough for a guy with adhd man
0: it is but this is why we have podcasts right yeah
1: (laughs) But I just – it's, so, it's so much – you know, we talked about it earlier. If you just had two classes or three classes or, well, you sure. know, well, sure. four so much. But It's kind of funny. Oh, Kentucky's talking about going to classes. And, you know, Kentucky, they just – they're just so extra and so well, just too much. They, they want
0: six. They're talking about six classes. The thing that – the thing that uh, class basketball – for the kids in Indiana does the thing that class basketball creates is, is it widens the distance between teams because it's because it is a little bit watered down you do have some teams like like earlier i mentioned Eminence, every time they redraw these reintroduce these things Eminence is always moving because they're just kind of caught in the middle of nowhere right from a 1a perspective you know you look at we're going to move up to 4a now you look at the, the you know the other the other side of that is you look at like terre haute north and terre haute south they're pretty much just always going to be locked in with plainfield Navon. And and probably Brownsburg. I mean, I could see Brownsburg sometimes going a different direction. Um, you know, depending on the shape of some of these teams. But unless you get like Green Castle and and who am I thinking of here? Unless you get like Green Castle or Crawfordsville or Danville, growing in or try well, Tri-West might be the the biggest, the one that happens the most. But they're a little bit far north. Unless you get like Crawfordsville, tri West, Greencastle, bumping up to 4A. Terre Haute North and Terre Haute south are always going to be locked in with Plainfield because there's no other 4A schools around them. I mean, right. I, I mean, Northview would be the only, the only choice. Um, and Sullivan shrinking, not getting bigger. So you know, the idea that a you might have a Sullivan—I don't know what would it be then. North uh, a Northview Sullivan, Terre Haute North, Terre Haute South. Uh, West Vigo sectional, um, it, it's not likely, you know, it's just it, those guys are kind of locked in geographically. So class basketball has created this. So four a, there's <laughs> all this movement, every class, every sectional in two a changed every sectional, but one in one a changed every sectional in three a changed except two. 4A is the the rock, the the backbone of this thing. Seven of the 16 sectionals changed. And the biggest one is how they split up effectively. Let's go back and look here. How they split up sectionals 13 and 14 and reshuffled the deck and, and made it a little bit more sense geographically. Sectional 14 was Bloomington North and South, Columbus East and North, East Central, which is crazy, and Martinsville. So they removed, they removed Bloomington, they took Bloomington North, Bloomington South, Martinsville, Mooresville, and combined them with Center Grove and Greenwood. The two Johnson County schools that are, especially Center Grove, are a little bit way off the path of 65. Then they moved Franklin, Shelbyville, and Whiteland in with Columbus East, Columbus North, and East Central. And I would imagine now that that sectional will be held at Columbus North each year. It makes way more sense for East Central to go to Columbus North than it did for them to go to Bloomington South or for Bloomington South and North to have to go to East Central. So they finally made that change. Not sure why it took them so long to do it, but they did. Then obviously Franklin Central gets moved up out of that regional into the Indianapolis regional, and I'm guessing they're not all too thrilled about that. But that happens. Other than that, four four A is kind of boring. KV moves up from three A. Um, Hammond Central is now four A, so they'll they'll be in that they'll be in that mess with. With hopefully a, an improved East Chicago Central and Gary Westside, Meraville, Munster. So that's a that's that's a nice looking sectional now. So Culver Academy drops down to three A. Hey.
1: Gotta win. Gotta win them. That was Does one thing we didn't
0: that? that was one thing we didn't mention at 3A is John Glenn, Culver Academy, and Tippecanoe Valley are all in the same sectional. All of them have a lot of guys coming back yep so that'll be one to watch that will definitely yeah, think, be one to watch
1: i think uh you know probably west noble probably hope that they maybe could sl- slide out of that northwood sectional i'm not saying they they want it out i'm just saying that maybe they thought I and mean, it's it's a tough position to be in there right um, Well, it's already
0: a five-team sectional so i don't they weren't going to move anybody else no but i mean i'm just
1: they've had they've, they've had a tough time getting over that and they've got to one of the best players they've ever had to play at West Noble. So, in Austin Cripe, I'm just...
0: I'm not sure why they didn't move Angola into that sectional. So, then they would have... I mean, they would have then two six-team sectionals instead of a five and a seven. But mm-hmm. that would have moved Angola into a different regional, too. So, I don't know. Interesting stuff.
1: Um, you know, looking at... So if I'm looking at uh, 3A, yep. sectional 32, you know, modern yep. day was 2A last year. They're going to slide into that sectional as well in 3A, and you know, the Memorial. That's that's probably my two. Probably if I had to, if I if you put a gun to my head. And I, I would say modern day Memorial are going to be your two, two of your be- best teams in Evansville, probably your two top teams. So,
0: Louisville's going to have all, one of the best. You don't best think teams. figures it out still?
1: No, I mean I just don't
0: think that this, this might be the year they don't win a sectional.
1: I'm not. You know, I'll probably end up with a a, a text or a phone call from Coach uh, Burke later <laughs> telling Shane's me. Shane's got that, my number too. He could text me too. No, no, he's so cool about it. No, he's
0: my buddy. Yeah, I know,
1: but he's I know. Hey, B, I still got a, I still got a regional team. Okay, he was guesting
0: last year, or so but I just it, it, it is more interesting. Just today, though, but Memorial's going to be good. They're they're going to be. They may be a year or two years. I think they'll definitely be really good. I mean, they'll be well, good. We are actually good
1: seniors coming back too. You know, they've got a um.
0: I love Chuck Tornado. being a
1: junior. Tornado's really good. So. And he, he wasn't – he was solid, but he wasn't that good just not that long ago. I mean, like, that good. Like, he's coming. Well, the only, he's thing coming the, the only thing that fast. lacks
0: on his number statistically was his scoring, and I think that's going to take a jump because he's – Yeah, but he's, he's coming on
1: fast is my point. And yep. Lawrence never even got off the bench last year, hardly. Right. Um, but he a nice that addition because
0: he can shoot it. So,
1: But, I mean, they, they've got guys on the team now. You know, they've got guys – Blake Anderson's back. Um
0: they're gonna be pretty good. Yeah. That they are. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't right, know. Anything ball- else? What oh, we got? Anything else? We're we're pushing. Yeah. Nope. That's it. We I mean we're pushing pretty wide. This would be a, probably one of our longer ones. So ah,
1: man, I'm warming right. out. I'm gonna take right? a nap. Who's on, on first,
0: Jim? Who's on first? All right. Everybody that listens every week, we appreciate it those that don't listen pound that subscribe button that way this that way the podcast can be delivered straight to your phone tablet or desktop you can listen to us on apple Podcasts. you can listen to us on spotify you can listen to us on google podcasts nick how's how's your website you got the website back up and running
1: yeah, it's up and we're just trying to up uh, I, I think the kids call it populate <laughs> try trying to populate the site i think off, everybody calls all it my stuff I don't know. I'm just making up stuff. All right, man. Appreciate it. Jimmy, thanks for having me, buddy. See you.